Audacious Compassion, Episode 3, Baby FaceTime. Toothpaste, lemonade, polka dots and stripes, you're a dark night, and I'm the day, we're a wreck and that's all right. Hello. And welcome to Audacious Compassion, a podcast where we explore how to find compassion in the most difficult places in daily life. I'm Gregory Avery Weir. And I'm Melissa Avery Weir. And today we'll be talking about everyday situations where it's hard to discuss a request and arrive at a direct yes or no in response to that request. So uh, how are you doing, Melissa? I'm doing all right. You know, I was thinking about this and thinking about sort of this internal conflict I'm having about requesting more time or attention from someone that I'm dating. It's it's less a matter of like, am I worried if they'll say, say yes or no? But more a matter of, should I even be making the request? Making the request of them specifically or making that sort of request in general? I've come to terms with making that sort of request in general. So this is a little more specific. This is like, I know why I'm not getting more attention. And it's a totally understandable circumstance. They've got stuff going on in their life. Exactly. And so that's fine. I'm willing to take that risk of of asking and being told no. But whether I should or not, is it in line with my ethics to make that request? What's the ethical principle you're violating by asking for more attention? Um... The idea that, I don't know, there's a certain amount of autonomy and independence that I want everybody in a relationship to have. And by requesting that someone change their priorities, that's there's, there's some line there. And I don't know where that is, obviously, or I would be able to say, yes, make the request or don't yeah. make the request. Yeah, but I mean, kind of aren't, aren't they responsible for maintaining their own aut- autonomy? Like, Yes, absolutely. But... I'm also responsible for respecting reasonable boundaries. Boundaries which have not been set? Not my own boundaries. Like, so I don't, I don't go around encroaching upon people until they tell me no, right? Like, there's some point at which I say, no, it's not okay for me to make this request. I don't just impose myself on people. I don't know. I don't know where that boundary is. So is it that you're, like, communicating with them every other day and you want to communicate with them every day? Eh, give or take, yeah. Um, on the, It's that sort of thing. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's just an internal process that I've been going through where I can't give myself a direct yes or no. On whether or not to on, seek a yes or no? Yeah. Or, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be a yes or no, right? It can be, I, I'll try. It can be, there's all sorts of shades of gray in their response. But on my end... I don't know. I don't know if I feel comfortable with it. It's a, it's a difficult place to be in to be like, I want this thing, but I don't know if I want to ask for this thing. Yeah. And it's not that I think it will do harm to ask um, or that I won't accept a no. Just I'm not sure if the kind of person I want to be is the kind of person who would make that request of this person. Hmm. I know what they're busy doing, right? So that's, I don't know. There's, it's not easy. So I haven't decided yet. Yeah, that sounds tough. What about you? Um, well, I've been working uh, a, a freelance gig for, for a while now, and I always get frustrated with any job I'm in for some reason or another. Just I, I 
an exacting personality when it comes to, to my work. But there's been a pattern of things that have been happening where I'm being asked to do things that I sort of object to, or I object to in principle. Things like, hey, this feature exists and is useful, but the client kind of doesn't want it, so take it out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'll, you know, I'll respond with, hey, this will be useful for this in this situation. If we take it out, there will be these consequences. And then I don't hear a response, and that task gets given to someone else to, to implement and take that feature out. Because so that's kind of one half of it is sort of the, let's give it to Gregory. Oh, Gregory asked a question, so I guess we'll give it to someone else. <laughs> it's like, I'd rather have that question answered, even if, even if you answer with, we understand, but do it anyway. Right. I'd kind of prefer that. Any any kind of response yeah. at all, <laughs> and the other the other thing is is certain issues of of sort of accessibility. This is this is a, a piece of software that's going to be used by students, uh, high school students going into college, and just a series of little things that tend to exclude people that aren't Anglo American people, yeah. like you know the way that the name fields are structured or in a way that tends to be a very good fit for standard american names but not like folks with latin american backgrounds or you know folks from east asia um, who just don't have names structured the same way we do and you know it's, there are exchange students there are international students exactly um you have to put in an address and the they change the address form from region to state it's like cool you're now excluding not only international students or canadians but also people from U.S. territories and people from D.C. I mean, it's a minor thing, right? Those people will look at the form and go, oh, state, okay, I know what to put there. They're used to, yeah, they're used to interpreting. But it's it's an adaption on the part of the students yeah. instead of the software. And, being and what percentage of students are going to, are already kind of stressed out and and struggling and they see that and that's the last straw and they're like, screw it, I won't go to this this event that's associated with this app. Yep. So that's frustrating. I... It feels like I'm being requested to do something or that my input is being requested. And then regardless of my answer, they've already made up their minds. And so like, it's annoying to feel like there's an artificial seeking of, of opinion. There. Yeah, it's like you think you're being hired to do the, the interesting work, the smart work of problem solving. And instead yeah. they're asking you to just implement a solution that they already have in mind. Yeah. And then often in this sort of project, you you raise an issue. If they go ahead with it anyway, that issue then comes back to bite you in the ass. Of because course. I'm pretty good at making computer programs now, and I can anticipate where the problems are going to show up. And I've worked with this sort of project in the past. And I don't know. I admit to a certain amount of joy at saying I told you so, <laughs> but I'd rather not have to tell you so at all. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I would enjoy it more if it were, oh, well, you know what you're talking about, and that's why we hired you, so yeah, we'll take your recommendation. Or at least have a reason for declining other than because the client said so. Right. Because like, there, there are balances, right? Like It's all sorts of things you push back on the client yeah. for, and you're picking and choosing your battles, and it feels like, for my personal values, the wrong battles are being fought. Yep. But that's just something that I kind of deal with in work i i have to hope maybe that this is true of every industry in which 
you can rise to a level of seniority and you are both a problem solver and a solution implementer. Yeah, it seems like. I mean, it seems like most industries have probably most people who are like, sure, I'll just do whatever. Yeah. And a certain number of people who are like, no, I, you know, I care about this stuff. I mean, clearly I think it's better to care. Yeah. But I don't judge people who don't care. Like, that must be nice. <laughs> Relaxing. Yeah. I mean, you know, but there's stuff I don't care about when it comes to the job. Yeah, it's just sort of annoying to be having someone make that request of me and then feeling like we're not actually having a meeting of minds there. That sort of disconnect sounds pretty much like the problem that we got sent in from someone. This email came in and it says, My husband does not like it that I allow our toddler to read books or play in the kitchen while I cook dinner in the evenings. Of course, I make sure that he's not in a dangerous location while he reads or plays. My husband is not home while I'm cooking dinner and suggests that I have him play in his room while I cook or have our older son watch him. He's complained about this a few times, so I finally, having learned about nonviolent communication, asked him if he were making a request for me to change my behavior. He said no, but he added that he wasn't happy about what I was doing. So here's my question. Is this a time where I need to get over feeling responsible for his feelings, or do we need to talk more and figure something out? From Managing Feelings in Charlotte. Oof. That's that's one of those classic spousal or friend or relationship conversations where it's like, I'm upset with this situation, and you're like, well, you want me to do something different? No, but I'm upset with it. Right. It's like, that's... What are they asking? Right. And... Uh, I feel like I have to point out, like, he did make a request. That's that's true, yeah. He says, so... <laughs> he says, my husband suggests that I have him play in his room while I cook or have our older son watch him. So that's a pretty direct it's, request. It's a pretty, it's a pretty clear request. It's, it's, it, there's a, you know if you've done it. Yeah. Uh, there's a, you know, the whole Giving loop can... options. Yeah. yeah. Yep. The whole loop has been closed. And then I think to, to respond, no, I'm not going to do that. Do you have a request? That's that's a communication problem. There's yeah, there's sort of a there's sort of a short-circuited negotiation there <laughs> where it's like, "No, what's my next option?" Right. And if managing feelings said no and the husband is continuing to say, "I don't like this, I don't like this," then we one might question like, "Was that a request or was that a demand?" right? Like Yeah, and the distinction here is that a request is something where you're willing to accept a yes or a no. Right. Uh, demand is something where you're... You're going to inflict some form of punishment, possibly just emotional punishment, as a result of hearing a no. Yeah. So which in this is case, generally a bad idea. Well, yeah, which is a pretty bad idea. So anything where you, you hear a no and you continue to needle afterwards... <laughs> yeah, in many cases, that's the punishment. <laughs> that's, is yeah. that, that, I don't know, guilt tripping sounds guilt, kind well, of diagnosing, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, if you cared about our son... I'm not saying that this is what this letter is saying at all, but if you cared about our son or if you wanted our son to be safe, you would not have him in the kitchen um, sort of stacking that stuff on there. But nonetheless, he made a request, managing feelings, was not willing to comply with that request maybe or or didn't register that request maybe not sort of like i don't like this maybe you could do this instead and maybe that didn't sound like a request for that right it's it's difficult to to take a suggestion and to be like nope right it's really hard to say like 
you can say, oh, well, that might work. Or you can argue against it. Like, you can say, oh, well, that's a bad idea because of this. Yep. Or because of this. Which, you know, I don't know, maybe having the toddler play in their room doesn't feel as secure or as connected as having them rolling around on the kitchen floor. Yeah. I mean, like, I'll, I'll say that, like, I remember as a child being around while my mother did chores. And I, I mean, I remember that time fondly. Like, that was a connecting time. So I could totally see someone being like, yeah, no, I want my kid underfoot. That's cool. But yeah, there's definitely, especially the mention of nonviolent communication, there's definitely a short circuit, like you said. Like, they went from, yeah. there's a problem, not really, you know, sort of identified here. You know, we have a we have a, a, a time at which this problem is occurring. We have some feelings, sort of. And then they kind of went right to, do you have a request? Yeah, and... and- it's it's always good to recognize, oh, this is a communication problem and yes. not like someone being a jerk. Right. Um, but pro- communication processes like nonviolent communication usually have to be a process. Right. You, it's, it's, you can't pick and choose parts of a philosophy like that and have it work. Right. Like just, like just distinguishing between requests and demands does not make an NVC scenario. Right. You, part of that is talking about what is the husband feeling? I, I can imagine some feelings in response to this situation, <laughs> which are include frustration, yeah. like, you know, like because of the communication problem, but like, what is dude feeling about the situation in which his child is on the floor? And as always, we don't have the whole story. Right. And we're, we're making assumptions, but it, it sounds like from the prompt that you say, of course, I make sure that he's not in a dangerous location while he reads or plays. And it's unclear whether that's, actually what the husband is concerned about yeah yeah there's not really an implication of of whether that was the defense against the suggestion or whether that was yeah the original reason i mean it's one thing if it's if the request is i worry that you're gonna dump hot grease on the baby's head (laughs) um it's another if it's like the kitchen floor has food on it and what if the child eats food off the floor or is it, I don't know, I, I can imagine there's sort of a an appearances thing that, like, you might judge what it looks like to have a kid on the floor instead of in a proper seat. Right, exactly. Yeah, there's all sorts of, it, we, can, we can paint all these scenarios, but the fact that it seems like they haven't talked about it is or the problem. Yeah, or if they've talked about it, the point at which... You say, do you have a request? And the answer is no, when there's clearly a request. Implies yeah. <laughs> that, that either they've talked too little or too much about this. Yeah. And, I mean, the, the, the fact that the husband isn't home at the time. Yeah, that's what, woo, that's, that was, so I had this, like, initial reaction, which is not the reasoned reaction. Which is like, what the hell business is it of yours? What's going on? It's armchair quarterbacking, yeah. right? It's, it's, I'm caring for the kid. You're not there. Like, right. you know, probably a good reason at work or something like sure. that. Yeah. Um, like, to any be any judgment totally of that, legit. right? Like, there's right. no abandonment or anything. But, you know, if you trust your spouse to take care of the kids while you're not there. Get out of the... <laughs> it kind of feels like you sh- should trust them to pick a place where the kid is. Right. But there's a should in there. And anytime I say the word should, I, exactly. I get worried. And if that's if that's the if that's the objection, let's say that perhaps that is managing feelings. Objection is you're not here, why are you having any opinions on this mm-hmm. problem? 
that's something to discuss. There needs to be a boundary set or some sort of negotiation had about where is it okay for a husband to have dominion. Maybe husband can make that request and managing feelings can say, no thanks. And that's fine because husband's not there. Maybe that's the the kicker for, for managing feelings. Yeah. And maybe husband is like, but that's my child. Right. And you kind of right. have this, this, I don't know, dominion issue of like, who gets to control what? Yeah. And this, I, I, I hate to, to always go in this direction, Uh-oh. but this definitely seems like there's some bigger thing that's going on. <laughs> it's not actually about where this child is sitting. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> If if it's if the problem is actually about where the kid is sitting, there's a conversation to be had there where it's like, well, if you're cutting food, make sure the kid is a little ways away, or have the kid in a high chair or whatever. Don't let him sit you know, right under the stove. Yeah, or like, keep him on the carpet away from the tile. Or you can you something. can kind of negotiate what mutual safety boundaries you have, and come to an agreement that like. You know, these things are considered safe, these things aren't. And maybe that's something parents don't necessarily hammer out. Maybe they just kind of, maybe there's a a common sense, quote unquote, idea of what's safe for a child. And so you assume that you think the same thing until you run into a conflict like this. Yeah, and there's sort of, there are two sets of needs that are relevant here. There's sort of the kid's need for safety Mm -hmm. and for for health and, and, and connection. Like all those things the kid needs and the kids, if they're a toddler, they're not old enough to actually pursue those things effectively like they can't really negotiate for them and you can't really trust a child's negotiation right because they don't know when they have enough of the thing that they want right especially at that age so there's the kids needs but there's also the husband's need the husband is clearly feeling something kind of on behalf of his kid or because of his kid right that's causing him to have this this displeasure right i think it would be very difficult this is me, not as a parent, but having observed parents, and having observed parents have trouble with this sort of thing, separating his feelings, like, feeling something on behalf of your child is a yeah. uh, woo, like... It's, it's very often a parent will say, well, they're upset by this, and the kid's just fine. Like, the kid's, yeah, kid's, kid's okay, but the parents, what the parent means is, they could become upset at this, right. or they should be upset at this and don't know any better, right. or any or, or something even less healthily codependent, right? Like you, there could be. It is easy for that to become a. I don't want to own my feelings, so I'm going to say the child has these feelings, or I'm feeling this on behalf of the child, right. which, which is, is a natural thing that a lot of people feel. Like it might not be might not be healthy or might not be useful, but it's not like you know you're. You're a monster if oh, you, sure, no, but if you use the child as a... Uh, it's a crutch to keep you from owning your stuff. Yeah, if you use the child as a way to avoid <laughs> ownership of your right. feelings. Which, I mean, at its crux, like, I mean, I statements is kind of... It might be a tactic, like, to be, like, super nitty-gritty on the ground. Like, make sure that when people are talking about their feelings in a situation when a child is involved, that they talk about what they feel with I statements um, and separating, like... I feel from I think, Mm -hmm. right? Like some of that like basic, basic communication stuff. I think it's really muddled when there are children involved. Yeah, it sounds like this is difficult because by the amount of control that the husband is seeking to exert upon the situation, it sounds like he'd prefer that he was present. Right. Like he'd he'd like to be able to help care for this kid. Sure. And uh, in this situation, I mean, I'm sure he cares for him when he's there, but... 
not being able to be there or choosing not to be there for a good reason, that's hard. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and it's your kid, right? Exerting that control is can help with alleviating those feelings. Right. But it also sets you up in a situation where you're kind of competing with the person that you're collaborating with to raise the kid. Right. And uh, it also sets you up in a situation where you can end up with an I told you so culture. Where if something happens, mm-hmm. husband then verbally or otherwise, you know, has the has the space to say, well, told you, should have had him hang out in the room with the elder sibling. And that potentially kind of becomes ammunition in exactly. future discussions. And or it puts uh, managing feelings in the position of feeling like they have to be defending against that. Like, they now need to be hyper aware or something. Like, just that whole culture of keeping keeping track is pretty unpleasant even where someone is waiting on you to mess up mm-hmm. or watching for you to mess up as a grown adult is not- yeah it's not a good not a good look in general so all right so here's my question the, the email read is this a time when i need to get over feeling responsible for his feelings which I think we can both say, yes, yeah, yeah, you're not responsible for his feelings. He, he, yeah, and if he doesn't want to voice them, then that's gone somewhere, right? right? But like, at the same time, if he makes a request that's as clear as, hey, how about you have him play in his room or have our older son watch him, that's a request. Like, that's a request, yeah. Like, that's, that's a request that he made, and it's fine to say no to that. Right. Like, you can d- discuss that, there's a conversation you can have, but it's perfectly fine to say, I'm the one looking after him at this time, I'm going to do it my way. Yes, and it's also fine to just not explain it yeah you don't have to explain it because I mean, you're you are the one there right <laughs> be like you know you don't you don't need to justify all your actions right so you need to get over feeling responsible for his feelings yep yeah you're not responsible for them but if it matches your values you should be willing to recognize and give a response to his requests yes so the lack of recognition that there was a request suggests to me that there was not a clear answer given yeah. Right. So, do you have a request? I don't, you know, no, I don't. Well, yeah, he did. So, when he said that, did you say, no, that is not a thing I'm going to do? Or did you go, yeah. eh, I'll I think mean, it, about it? It right? could have been, no, that's a thing I'm not going to do. Do you have some other request? Yeah. Which, again, is short circuiting that discussion process. Like, figure out what's actually going on first. Right. Maybe you offer a compromise of some sort. Ugh. Yeah, I know. It, it, <laughs> compromise it, i mean it depends on how much you care that he's well, it depends on it's, it's the word compromise i object right. to not the yeah c- compromise mutually too, beneficial strategy right yes compromise too often means what am i going to give up and what are you going to give up so that we both can be sort of satisfied right and really you want something where it's like both people are at least fine with it right needs are being met and that's recognized there's probably a way to do that like it's probably not so dire that it's either someone is unhappy or you leave forever like there's probably some middle ground there yeah so the question so question asked responsible for feelings get over that yes or do we need to talk more and figure something out i would say yes with a specific suggestion so i wouldn't be surprised if the conversation Let's say they take an, a nonviolent communication approach and follow some processes. There are, you know, a hundred of these. But I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, how, how in VC conversations you talk about, you know, you talk about what's happened, what your feelings are, what your needs are. 
And then the other person can reflect back, including their response about this conversation that's being had. So they say, you, when, when you see this, you feel this way because you need this. And when I hear you say that, exactly. I feel this way. That sounds like, like if, if we take a look at the conversation you and I have just had, mm-hmm. we went from this baby is on the floor, let's talk about that scenario, to putting it non-NBC at all, but like, why do you think you can dictate what is happening when you're not home? Right. Like, that, there's a reaction to the fact that this situation has even arisen that would also, I think, talk some more and figure it out might be a very winding NBC type conversation. Yeah, one of the things about interpersonal stuff is it's it often is about what you think it's about. Yeah. But it's also about a bunch of other things too. <laughs> and that that core problem is going to look a lot more manageable when you understand that wider context. Exactly. It could be that it's like okay, it's fine that the kids on the floor while you're cooking, but can you have the kid call me at the same time so I also get that connection. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, there's any number of things that could be leading to this situation being even even more troublesome than it would be anyway. Right. Yeah, we looked at it from a safety angle, but there could be that, like, mutual connection part. Like, FaceTime me or whatever while this is all happening so I can partake from a distance. And I mean, I would hope that there's not conscious jealousy here where it's like, well, if I don't get to hang out with a kid, you don't either. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, that tension can still kind of color the way that we're, that we're feeling. Right. So do you have any other recommendations? The idea of getting over feeling responsible for his feelings reminds me that a perfectly valid request is stop bringing this up. Yeah. So yeah, you've got you've got husband, I'm going to say nagging. <laughs> That's judgy. It, re, re, repeatedly mentioning sure, that nagging. they don't yeah. feel good about that's, the situation. At least that's that's how it's described. Right. Yes, this is one-sided. You can tell him to stop. It's a request. You can say, no, I'm going to keep reminding you that I don't like this thing. But yeah, like, stop. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And if you do want to keep talking about this, totally talk about it. And don't Enter that conversation looking for a solution. Yeah. Enter that conversation to understand where each other is coming from. Yeah, like you're, because co- you've... you're co-parenting, right? Yeah. Like this is a cool thing, a joint journey for the next forever hundred years. And really, you already got several perfectly fine solutions. Yep. Like having the kid on the floor while you're cooking is a perfectly fine right. thing to do. Like that's not, that's not going to get Child Protective Services called. Having him play in his room, having someone look after him, those are also perfectly fine. Right. So the core issue here is not actually a big deal. Right. It's your feelings about it that are important and that you need to explore. Yep. So yeah, I think that's nice and tidy. Talk, talk more. might take multiple sessions, but it's worth doing. Yep. All right. So what have you been inspired by? Well, this, this sort of... Request and communication difficulty reminds me of a situation in the comic Oh Human Star. It's a webcomic that uh, is slowly getting published in book form. But it's a transhuman comic about robots and, and people who build robots. And there's, there's two timelines, not like parallel universes, but there's the past and the present day are both kind of uh. running, alternating in the comic. So you get to see flashbacks and stuff. And in the flashbacks... There are two characters, Al and Brendan, 
Um, Al's sort of the focus character, the main, the protagonist, who's he's kind of a grumpy, reclusive genius um, who works on robots, and Brandon is his younger assistant business partner that sort of shows up and elevates his work from I'm just working on this stuff and don't really know how to make money off of it to actually being able to 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 make it practical mm. and at the same time the two of them have a budding romance I like romance unfortunately Al is pretty closeted so they're, they're both men um, probably there's some transhuman stuff going on but Al is definitely into it and definitely is seeking a mutual relationship but also wants to keep it entirely on the dl does not want to really talk about it outside of the context of of when they're being romantic doesn't want anyone to know and brendan is like i'm i'm out like Mm. brendan's perfectly fine with having people know that's rough so there's a lot of tension in their relationship surrounding basically brendan being accommodating of al's privacy or whatever and and not outing him but also being very frustrated it essentially it's it feels like being kept secret right and not being valued in 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 the same way as as a lot of other things and then al of course has the tension of why do you keep making it clear that this is bothering you You know I can't, like, you just can't. Yeah. This is not a thing that gets done. Oof. And so there's there's a really interesting dynamic there, and there's there's a, this is surprisingly not a spoiler, Al dies <laughs> with this problem kind of unresolved. The story starts focused on Al after Al has died. Oh, jeez. I think I need to read this. <laughs> it's pretty good. I can lend you the uh, the first paperback. Excellent. But yeah, the difficulty when both people have a request and neither one wants to satisfy the other's request is, is that's a rough situation. Yeah. Especially in romance. Yeah. What about you? Anything that you've been inspired by lately? I have been playing an inordinate amount of Overwatch. You've been playing uh, Overwatch with me a I'm lot. I'm playing Overwatch with you a I lot. Got placed in gold, which, which I'm, I'm satisfied I'm, with. Yeah, that's... In competitive ranking. I don't think I will rise a whole lot so that i'm okay with gold yeah there is platinum and then some other diamond things above that yeah and then you get into grandmaster or yeah, something they, they i don't even know broke the metaphor yeah if you're a professional you're you're playing at something above metallic <laughs> and there's this thing that happens especially in competitive matches so again sort of middle of the road competitive match you're not but stakes are higher yeah stakes feel stakes feel real people play better uh they, they bring their a game but when you're picking your characters, and you've got 22 characters to pick from, you can't have any duplicates. And there are some characters that aren't considered good in certain spaces, which mm-hmm. is fine. But when someone picks one of those, usually someone has something to say about it. And this mm-hmm. is this is short-form text, right? Or this is going to be voice, um, usually not a long conversation, but some quick comment. And then, you know, the match is going on, so you're not going to jibber jabber about it but they'll say hey stop playing stop playing Anna or May's not good on this map or something and usually the person just ignores it quite often the person playing the undesirable character it just does just ignores it yeah and and often speaking of the requests like often it's that character isn't good with no like requests yes in place of that like play this instead right or yeah it's just don't play that character and you're like well we need another character of this type. This is the one I'm good at. Mm-hmm. But there's not that conversation doesn't happen. Right. 
occasionally someone will say, well, what else? And they often don't even get an answer. Like, uh-huh. it's it's just absurd. You're like, well, if you if you say not to play this character, but you know we need another support, another healer, what would you ask me to play? Mm-hmm. No answer. Like, you're just going to throw down this, this demand. And yeah. then, as soon as something goes wrong in the match... You blame you, the person yes. who... Yes. Probably was... Maybe maybe remain, maybe not was fine. But right. there were probably other things going on, too. Right. Like, the fact that no one communicated during the match about strategy, right? Yeah. Like this... And if you switched, maybe you would have lost because you were playing a bad Zenyatta instead of a good Lucio. Exactly. Exactly. So... That sort of overly terse, quick-fire demand with with an assumption that anyone gives a damn what your opinion is. Right. Like, <laughs> like I'll often be like, I'm not quite sure what to play here. Let me know if you have any requests. Right. That's one thing. Like, that's inviting that yes. sort of commentary. Unless a pro rolls up in my game and says, hey, maybe don't play Junkrat this round. I, who are you from Adam to tell me what I mm-hmm. should or shouldn't play? Like... Especially if you don't have a specific suggestion. So that is that is something that is different every match. It's kind of discouraging. Like, I found my bandwidth for dealing with ups and downs of bad communication and, and Overwatch limits how much I want to play. Hmm. I, you know, there's not... Overwatch, for me, has been really good about not having the worst sexism. Very little racism, aside from some Winston stuff, some ape things Mm -hmm. but which he is a gorilla he is a gorilla yeah but it's a it's a fine game for an online Mm -hmm. game this is the most aside from perhaps tf2 one of the most inviting online environments but this idea that anytime i hop in one of these matches i could be met with a demanding whiner for the the whole go-round where i'm penalized for leaving early if I decide to rage quit or something, yeah. that that just makes it harder. But it it's definitely like, I'm trying to be better. I usually don't play characters that people object to, uh, just by virtue of the ones I pick. But I want to be better at going ahead and finishing following up. Like if someone, even if it's to someone else, hey, don't play that character. I'm like, well, what would you suggest? Like I want to mm-hmm. be the person to try to help facilitate that conversation. And occasionally, and this is not at all an advocate for this behavior, but occasionally I've found it inspiring in a weird way i had one match where someone was like don't play on i've never seen a good one and i'm like i got your name and i'm gonna heal you all match long you're gonna be the healthiest damn right you're gonna see the best anna you've ever seen yep yep but that's not a general that's not a common reaction yeah so yeah that's overwatch so we've talked a lot about requests today and like Wanting people to do things without actually having a detailed conversation about what the feelings behind that request are. Yeah. Any final thoughts on on those things? It is it's really helpful, it, especially if you can find a way to do it authentically, like without a without a tone or a mood. But to say like, I'm hearing a request. Like if someone sounds like they're kind of whining about something or hedging or obliquely suggesting to say stop the presses sounds like you're making a request can you clarify that for me and like hear them yeah and if if it's do you have a request and the answer is no but i'm dissatisfied with the situation i want it to change the proper response is it sounds like there might be a request there right like you said the word change like yeah (laughs) Um, and i mean sometimes there's a situation where it is legit do you have a request 
no, this is this is a bad situation. I'm going to deal with it on my own. Totally right. Kind of like yeah. my, my and that's and situation. you kind of and you, you want to accept that. Like you want to right. you want to be like, okay, cool. I will no longer. I will not try and solve this problem for you. Yeah. But it can sometimes be tricky to tell the difference between that situation and the situation where the person just doesn't want to vocalize what they want, right. or has vocalized what they want and doesn't want to have to repeat themselves. Yep. So trying to, yeah, trying to have the patience to break things down. That was a request. Sounds like you have an implicit request. Let's open that up and see what's going on in there. And yeah, patience. And make sure that your communication method isn't getting in the way of your communication. Yes. Often you can toss, do you have a request in someone's (laughs) face and have it be very, very much a wall. Right. Saying like, I'm done talking about this. Let's sum it up. And that's not generally a good way to actually have empathy and compassion for each other right yep agreed awesome well thanks for talking to me today and thank you for talking to me and thank you all for listening please submit any questions or prompts for discussion to us at averyweir.net a-v-e-r-y-w-e-i-r.net i'm gregory avery weir and you can reach me on twitter at gregory weir and I'm Melissa Avery Weir. I can be reached on Twitter at AveryMD. And our theme music is Invisible Light by Josh Woodward, available under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. confused with baby face time (laughs) (laughs) which while he was you know a musical genius of his time is not relevant to this episode (laughs) and that can go after the closing theme (laughs) sounds good to me